everyone. Welcome back to the Rumor Mill Podcast, your weekly guide to all things pop culture and news. I am Lexi. And I'm Spencer. And today we have one of our favorite celebrities, the king of Hollywood gossip, probably the biggest blogger in the world. Perez Hilton is stopping by. I'm super excited. I'm stoked. Like, I'm also incredibly nervous, but I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah, you texted me this morning. You're like, I'm so nervous. And I'm like, why? And you're like, because he could destroy us. And I'm like, no, Perez <laughs> is awesome. He touches all corners of pop culture. Like he he's had beef with celebrities. He's he's changed and transformed. He's written books. He's been on reality TV. Perez Hilton has done it all. He's truly a, a jack of all trades, master of all. Um and king of we're excited to talk to them. Yeah, King of Hollywood. We're excited to get in, into it with them today. Please welcome to our show, Perez Hilton. Hello. Perez, Perez, Perez. We have waited a long time to talk to you. And here we are. I've got to say, you're way more professional than I am. <laughs> I have a podcast and we don't have a backdrop for my podcast. I actually should, should do that. Hey, it's just a little, thank you. a little, t- I like it. It's a little touch that makes it feel special. Costco canvases, 70 bucks. <laughs> so I, you're, you I know, it's, it's just crazy that as well. So yeah, you have a podcast. You have so much going on. So thank you for being here. You are, I would say probably the biggest pop culture blogger of our time, like the OG original not of your time how old are you i'm we're 20 so (laughs) sort of in our time but we respect the ogs oh thank you yeah i'm more than double your age uh which is wild how quickly the years fly and i don't i don't think it was like this before but i've definitely noticed that the younger younger generation maybe not 20 year olds but 14 year olds 15 year olds 16 year olds they don't just dislike older people. They view them as the enemy. Like anybody over the age of 35 is just the enemy. And that's really disheartening. I think one of the reasons why I don't think that way is because I went to college in New York City and it felt so special to me because it was like I was living a dream. I grew up in Miami, Florida where I was very poor I could never afford a car because my mother didn't have the money and I didn't have money. I was still in high school. So I had to rely on her to take me everywhere or take a bicycle, which my bicycle got stolen. So I didn't even have that for for the whole time there. And then when I went to New York, it was like, wow, I don't need a car. I can take the subway everywhere. I can be myself unapologetically. I can feel accepted. And then going to the gay bars there with my fake ID what I miss about that so much, which does, which does not exist in Los Angeles, is the New York City gay scene is so mixed, meaning you have the young people hanging out with old people, and it's not segregated. Here in West Hollywood, which is our gay neighborhood, it's so segregated. If the older gays are going to go, they go to the older gay bars. And if they do go to the not older gay bars, they'll go out on Sunday afternoon. Oh, it's like... Well, I just think that the entertainment industry is all about age. And I, you know, like you said, they throw people away after a certain age, you're thrown away and you, it's like, you're irrelevant, but I think that, well, not even that, but like, even like the biggest icons, like Madonna, whom I grew up idolizing has to constantly fight to just be heard 
yeah. to do whatever she wants and, and not make excuses for how she behaves. If she wants to do this, that, or the other, she can. But she yeah. keeps hearing all these people say, you're too old to do that. You're too old to do this. It's defeating. I think the entertainment industry is so diverse. And something about you is that you've always kind of bounced back. Like you've always been there to commentate. And and how does it feel to, you know, have, I, you know, I've seen so much online of, of people calling you like the OG gossip blogger and, and like podcaster, content creator. How does it feel to have that power? for so long. Do you even see yourself as having that power on the internet? I don't like to, I I don't, because you're really not going to convince people to do anything that they don't already want to do. So to me, that's power. You know, power is just getting people to do something. I view what I have as opportunity. I have the opportunity to share People have the opportunity to receive and then they're going to do what they want to do. But what I think is most important is 17 years later, I've grown, I've learned, I think I'm doing things better, um, but the authenticity remains. You know, Mm. I always say what I truly believe and I'm always real, not presenting this filtered fake version of my life or what reality is. It's not always pretty. It's really hard. And some people might mock me for that. Like, oh, why are you complaining about this when you've got that or your life is like this? Because I still struggle. You know, I am a single father to three young children and I also support my mother financially. Plus what you read on the internet isn't always true. You know, I wish I was worth as much as the internet says I am, I'm not. Yeah, the net worth, yeah. <laughs> Celebrity net worth, no. Yeah, no, not Are, are they not. very far off? No. The extreme, are you kidding me? <laughs> Celebrity net worth says I'm worth $30 million. If I was worth $30 million, I'd probably be, re- I would be retired. Not retired, <laughs> but like, I would be on, va- I'd be on permanent vacation, like the Kardashians. I'd have more than one house. I would uh, not be working as hard as I do now because I've been doing what I do now for 17 years. And you would think by the time you've been doing something for 17 years, you could work less hard. That might be true if you're an Mm A-lister, but if you're a D-lister like myself, you don't have that opportunity. You have to keep hustling and being the hamster on the wheel or you're gonna fall off and be irrelevant. The reason I'm still here 17 years later is not because I'm any more special than somebody else or my peers. It's because I have this unhealthy work ethic. Yeah. Yeah, And I I don't have, I don't have a few money in the bank, you know? There you go. And I think that's the success of some of your longevity is, is always keeping up and never thinking, well, I made it here so I can stop working. And those people who think that there are people in the entertainment industry and then they fall off. Um, And, you know, the transition of, you know, your real name is Mario Mm -hmm. and the transition of you becoming, you know, Mario from, or Mario to Perez was something you talked about in your memoir, which was released last year, TMI, the scandal of my life or my life and scandal. And you share, you talk about that evolution of how you got to where you are today um, to, as the book describes the most hated man in Hollywood. Um, What does that feel like? It feels like, if I were to die today, 
the world would celebrate. The world would be happy. And that's not me being down on myself. That's me not being pessimistic. I, that is what would happen. I know that. Uh, some people might be, oh, wow, that sucks for his kids, but they're probably better off without him. He was such a miserable human being, things like that. Yeah. However, I'm still alive and I am blessed. You know, I am so grateful that I've been able to create a very private, beautiful, thriving life for myself outside of entertainment that is sacred to me. And my real life is really boring and happy and normal. You know, I barely see my friends these days. I like to just wake up early on the weekends and do things with my kids and keep them real busy. And that makes me happy. That's awesome. It's clear that you're very family oriented. You have three kids. You have an amazing family YouTube channel. You talk about supporting your mom financially. What does fatherhood mean to you? How has it changed you? What is it like to be a single dad? Has it softened you? <laughs> um, the first thing that comes to mind, because I like to be honest, um, it gave me anxiety. Mm -hmm. I blissfully never, and I mean, talk, I'm talking about like real anxiety. Like if you've never experienced clinical anxiety you might just think it's anxiousness it's not anxiousness it's a whole other thing and um that's fine because with that <laughs> negative comes a lot more positive you know yeah. but the anxiety for me really is a lot financial driven like i'm obsessed with money in an unhealthy way that i used to not be like in the past i'd be like ah I'll make more money in the future, this and that. But the older you get, the more you realize it's not always as easy to make money as it used to be. You know, things change yeah. and evolve. So it's important to save. I didn't realize the importance of saving when I was younger. I didn't yeah. realize the importance of investing when I was younger. Um, you know, so fatherhood for me is just, Every, it's, it's really my everything. Um, I put that before anything else and I love it. And I know that my kids are happy. So that makes me happy. And being a single father to three is a lot, but I'm not going to lie and pretend I don't have help. My mom is a huge help. She lives with me and, you know, she's more than just a grandmother and I have a nanny as well. And that's one of the, that's one of the other reasons why I work. So I have two nannies who split the week because I'm a single dad who needs help. So I have to hustle so hard just to pay my nanny, yeah. right? It's like the catch 22. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, that's really neat. I, I mean, it's, it's, I think that's a very real take. I think parenthood is often described as always being this like perfect, beautiful thing, but there are anxieties that come with it. And people, I think, don't talk about that enough. Especially in pop culture, because everything's perfect. You know, everything, everything for, you know, celebrity families is like a smoke and mirrors. And then, but I do like to keep my kids clean. So they yeah. shower <laughs> daily. Oh my Thank God. You. Yeah. We, we talked about that. And I just can't even. Who is that? I'm Ashley Kutcher and yeah. Mila Kunis and Kristen. But what? I, they're all now claiming that they were joking. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe no. they were, maybe they weren't. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? 
Well, after years of following the ins and outs of the entertainment industry, you've collected friends, you've collected enemies and some lawsuits. How do you bounce back after difficult situations such as inaccurately reporting the death of Fidel Castro or claiming that Michael Jackson's death was a hoax? You just keep going. I mean, and also, yeah, that's actually, that. that's it. And also nothing like so there's this new trend of people screwing up, apologizing, and then taking a very long break. Yeah, I'm all yeah. for acknowledging you did something wrong. If you're sincere with that apology, say you're sorry, but screw taking time off. Because you know what? I, I DM'd Chrissy Teigen this. I sent her a message and I said, the people who like you are going to continue to like you. And the people who don't like you are going to continue to dislike you. Taking a break, if you need it, if you want it, do it. But if you're taking a break because you think that's a good look, I don't. Just keep going. Keep going. And I think that's something to say is that this year, more than ever, we've seen more celebrities, quote unquote, canceled. Chrissy Teigen, um, DaBaby. I don't really believe that anybody can be canceled, though. I, mean, I don't either. Look I at, don't, I just, you keep going. Like you can't, like, even if you're canceled on the internet, they can't yeah. take your Wi-Fi away. Even like, the ones that are canceled, are they really like, look at Chris Brown. Chris Brown mm-hmm. has been canceled more oh, yeah. than once. And he still is successful and still gets played on the radio. Yeah. These big I mean, look at David, David Dobrik. Giving him his cosign. Or even, not even to that extreme, you know, to, to, to a bigger extreme. Look at Bill Cosby, a convicted rapist. He has said that he is going to work on either a documentary film or a docu-series and plans to go on tour. And you know what? I am pretty confident if he plays a smallish venue, like 500 seaters or 1,000, this convicted rapist will sell out his tour. People will go see convicted rapist Bill Cosby yeah. in a comedy show. Yeah. So is he really canceled? No. no. I mean, I guess the ultimate cancellation, like the only real cancellation is to be forgotten and ignored. Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, the only cancellation is that you would take a long break and go away forever or the internet ignores you. I mean, look at James Charles. He like totally canceled hashtag James Charles is over party. And then he comes back to YouTube and still gets the same amount of views. So you can't really be canceled unless you let yourself get canceled. I um, think so. Yeah. And people have come for you over the years trying to cancel <laughs> you. And I think that you, that philosophy holds true. You just still keep going. And, and I really don't think that cancel culture is, sustainable in pop culture because i think that people forgive easier because they still it's like they still want to see like with johnny depp and amber heard amber heard is still going to be in what aquaman and i'm sure she still has a lot of fans and is she really long term going to be canceled i don't think so which is kind of unfortunate but i don't think that it's going to keep up i think cancel culture is going to at some point either go away or it's going to totally destroy pop culture i don't I don't even think that cancel culture is a bad thing per se. 
at least for me, um, if you're somebody like Reese Witherspoon, whose bank ability is tied to her likability, then mm. perhaps that's a bad thing. Mm. But you look at somebody like the the Paul brothers, Jake Paul and Logan Paul. Yeah, they're they've been canceled so many times, but they're now bigger than ever. They yeah. thrive and have monetized that negative attention like I did for many years. Listen, I'm not trying to get negative attention these days. That's no longer my goal. It was for a very long time. I grew out of that phase. And perhaps the Paul brothers might. I think they need to, you know, because if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, expecting the same results, eventually it's going to stop working. Um, but, you know, cancel culture has not hurt the Paul brothers in any way. No, it's no. Fun. And I think in that same vein, you know, one of the reasons that, you know, in the past people like the media or readers have um, come to you with issues is because they've accused you of sometimes biased news coverage based on, you know, the statuses of your friendship with the celebrities yeah, you write about. I was about. biased. I was yeah. very upfront about that. Like I wasn't trying to be objective. <laughs> no, and see, that's, I think that's what's so great about you is like, you're like, I don't care. Like, I mean, back in the day when, you know, early 2000s, when you were friends with Paris Hilton and everyone was having an issue because, you know, you would either ignore or water down her controversies. It's kind of your, your blog. So you get to do what you want, whether it's objective or not, is how yeah. I see it. Yeah. And I talked about this in my, in my memoir that came out last year. Like I knew she was using me, but I was using her right back. A lot of celebrity, yeah, a lot of these celebrity relationships are the same way. I mean, look at Courtney Kardashian and Addison Ray. Would they uh, be friends otherwise? Probably not. I mean, what does a 40-something-year-old woman have in common with a 20-year-old girl? Nothing. They might be real friends now or somewhat of real friends, but that relationship really began because they were both clout chasing their different audiences. Yeah. I mean, look at Scott Disick and Amelia Hamlin. They just broke up. They broke up. Yeah. But I mean, like for 11 months, like, do I, like, I don't really even believe that people like that, like, how do you, like Courtney and Addison, how do they, how are they really that close? I think that a lot of people in Hollywood use each other. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in the past, there have been people in the industry that have come for you either negatively or positively come to your support or have come to take you down. Um, one of those people, for example, you mentioned a Kardashian, Chloe Kardashian called you a quote, personal bully to her on the internet. Um, how does it feel when celebrities like that come after you when you're just trying to share your opinion? Well, I was more than just trying to share my opinion back in the day. I was trying to get a reaction. You know, it, it's like I, I was a bully. I own it. You know, like a bully will throw a rock, maybe not at somebody's head, but throw a rock near them to get them to react. And that's what I was doing. So when if she would have called me that, then I'd be like, oh, she's got thin skin. She shouldn't read what I write. But now something like that weighs me down and I have immense regret. And actually 
a while in December of last year, I had a big emotional break and did a lot of reflection and soul searching and got back into therapy. Um, that was when I got banned from TikTok, but it really wasn't about that. It was about all this other crap that started that had been accumulating. Um, not even that year, 2020, which was the pandemic, the, the, the beginning and, and crux of the yeah. pandemic. It was carrying stuff over from the year before that when my mom had cancer and so did my mom's boyfriend and he ended up dying. So it was a year and a half of baggage and me not addressing it. And it all came to a burst when I got banned from TikTok, which is so silly. Uh, but when I got back into... When I got back into therapy and started making a lot of really positive changes in my life, like making sleep more of a priority during normal times, I was just on vacation and that wasn't a lot of sleep. But when I'm here in Los Angeles, I really make sleep a priority. I try to get my eight hours a night working out all of the things that I that one knows you should do to be a healthier, happier person. You know, in December of last year, I also did a social media detox mm -hmm. and I took five days off. And during that time, I went on vacation with my family to Big Bear and something inside of me said, you know what? I want and I need to reach out to a few people from my past that I have hurt. And Khloe Kardashian was one of those people. And I sent her an email and I apologized and I explained and just laid it all out. It was kind of like, it was my idea. It was not something that my therapist suggested that I do, but it's, you know, not that I've been to um, a 12 step program, but I'm familiar with them. And I hear you know, that's, that's one of the steps for many people. It's like atoning uh, and, and trying to repair damage that, or, or not repair damage, but just that's yeah. one of the many steps. So it's like, you know what, that's kind of a good idea. And I want to do that. So I did. That's good really for beautiful. you. Did she that's respond? Awesome. She did respond. Yes. That's nice. It's I think it's nice to hear that change. Like you've gone through like a change. She was very gracious and very kind and forgiving and mm. like just that was wonderful. That's really lovely. That's really lovely. Um, can you tell us about what? Since we know that you've had a lot of controversy with a lot of different people, can you tell us about one of your most challenging ones, or was your one with? Um, the Kardashians kind of the most challenging one that you've had. I feel like you've had beef with a lot of people who I mean, like Lady I would, Gaga, I Black Eyed Peas. The most challenging one is probably, you know, with Britney Spears mm. and not even with her personally, but with her fans. Mm. Because even though I think Britney has also been very gracious towards me, you know, she even though I had a problem, I had apologized to Brittany many times in the past years ago. And even in my book, which came out in October of last year, in December, Brittany also was one of those many people that I reached out to as well. And I just sent her another email, a personal private message. Cause I think it's, you know, one thing to apologize publicly, but it's also another thing to apologize privately. But you know, after all of the, the, the coverage and the awfulness 
the excessiveness, the just unnecessariness of how I talked about Brittany in the past, she asked me to be a part of her circus tour. And I was in the opening video for that. She invited me on stage many years after that in Las Vegas and made me a part of her Vegas residency. Uh, I ran into her at a Grammy party once and was super friendly. She was, but her fans still want to see me suffer. You know, like that's hmm. a fascinating thing. Like, yes, I get it. I was awful. Yeah. And then these people want, they want to see me hurting they want to see me in pain they think i deserve bad things to happen to me because of how i treated britney in the past and that's just the fact you know it is what it is like that's also why i just have to live in my truth and do my best and and just focus on my kids and my mom because in the eyes of many to most i am irredeemable mm. Meaning if all of a sudden I said, you know what, I'm going to donate every single dollar that I've earned over the last 17 years to charity, there will be the majority that'll think, okay, that's nice. He's still an a-hole. Mm. That's nice. And that's not enough. That's nice. But that doesn't erase what he did in the past. That's dumb. What an idiot. Can't believe he did that. Like, I really think there's no winning. I am irredeemable in the minds of many to most because they think what I did is, was so bad. You know, people are more willing to over, to forgive and overlook, let's say um, a drug addict who stole from a lot of people uh, or a drug dealer who served 10 years in jail, like, oh, you know, he has, he did his time. He deserves mm. the opportunity to, to live a better life now. Like, you know, it's been 11 years now since I made this change in my website about how I talk about celebrities longer than I was doing it that way, you know, but. But it's still like people see you as unforgivable because you haven't done your time, which is. I, mean, I, don't know if that, I don't even know if that's it. I just think even another 10 years time, people will probably not be willing to let me move on. Uh, you know, they want to keep me in this prison cell that is the past, but I don't live there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. As you shouldn't, as you shouldn't. Um, on a little bit of a lighter question, we know that you've blogged, you've done radio shows, YouTube, podcasts, reality TV, you have multiple books. What is your favorite medium? Um, I think my favorite medium is YouTube because, or my podcast, because both of those, it's hard to keep up appearances on mm. there. Yeah. Like ultimately your true self is going to come through in longer form content. So if you're creating short form content on TikTok or Reels, you might be able to put up this facade that's not real, but if you create enough videos that are long, or if you make enough podcasts that are long, people are going to get to know the real you. So that's why I love doing both of those because I feel like my audience that follows me on YouTube and that listens to my podcast, they really know my heart. 
Mm. I think I think that's something that's important about content creation and, and on those platforms is that they're dominated by like Gen Z and and the the behind the scenes of like content creating, even since Lexi and I started our podcast, it's it's different to do it behind the scenes, like versus just going on YouTube and or on TikTok and seeing somebody dance and it's like, oh, you know, who are they? Who cares? And then you kind of like with the D'Amelio show, you get like with Charlie D'Amelio and Dixie D'Amelio, you get like a behind the scenes look at who they are. Um, speaking of TikTok, uh, you know, back in April, you did mention that there was that whole petition to get you banned, um, that people were upset with you because they thought that you criticized Charlie and her family. Um, what is your stance with those popular TikTokers now? Because there were, it was tweets back and forth and it was, it was kind of messy. What's so funny is Pink just did the same exact thing. <laughs> she was talking about this young creator who, you know, keeps posing in a bikini. And I don't know too much about that situation because I don't know what prompt, I don't know if there was like one specific piece of content that um, prompted Pink to speak out about that, saying that that child I think she's 14. I think her, her name is Peyton. I don't remember. Uh, she said the, the kid is being exploited by her mother and all of this stuff. And with the whole Charlie D'Amelio drama, I don't regret it. I, I probably would have maybe changed what I said to, tar- to, to direct it specifically to her parents. Mm. Because what prompted everything back in March... I think of 2020 was Charlie D'Amelio at the time was just 15 years old and she was on the beach in a bikini. People are on the beach in bikinis, no big deal. (laughs) But while being in a bikini with the camera angle down low and whatever, she was, I would say, dancing sexually to a song with sexually explicit lyrics. And I just, it, it came up on my For You page and I'm like, is this really appropriate? That's all I asked. I just yeah, that said, was your only comment. You said, "Is this yeah. really appropriate?" I sh- now I say now I get it. I should have said, "Is it appropriate for her parents to keep this up?" Because and she's so she's I, a minor, you know, exactly. and like no hate to her. Like I think she's like a really nice girl. Like I, you know, she's not much younger than I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, body no shaming anything like that. No. It was just dancing in a bikini sexually to a song about having sex it just made me ask is this appropriate so the the gist of it all i stand behind but with hindsight i realized i probably should have posed that question towards her parents and not Mm. her and i didn't even really pose it to her either it was like more just like talking to everybody looking at my comment, like, is this appropriate? Yeah. But it, it should have been specifically to her parents because they're the ones that are her parents. That are, that are <laughs> yeah. like managing her. That are supposed yeah. to be taking, protecting her and, and all of that. And, it, you know, it's surprising to see how, how, you know, being an influencer and a TikToker and like becoming an A-lister overnight is kind of new. And we're yeah. seeing like Addison Rae just signed a multi-year deal with Netflix. Bryce Hall is boxing. Um, you know, but what was funny was that somebody actually created a petition to get you kicked off of TikTok. I went and I looked at it this morning. It's still active. It has over 227,000 signatures. And all you said was, is this appropriate? That's a lot more than most for big causes. (laughs) 
Um, it's just so surprising to me that like that. But now that I'm TikTok banned and- from TikTok, and it's not, and it ha- it didn't have anything to do with that either. No, I think that was part of it. You know, I think I I was also during that time calling out all of these TikTokers that were partying and throwing parties. And I'm like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And a lot of these creators is what I heard, complained to TikTok that I was bullying them, even though I was not bullying them. I know what bullying is. Being critical and having an opinion is not inherently bullying someone. How you do that is what is or isn't bullying. That makes sense. Makes sense to me. Yeah, makes sense to me too. Well, we hear that you're involved in a new business venture, CBD, which is really exciting. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, I um, I don't have it next to me, but (laughs) product placement. Yeah, I know. Um, I just launched a new CBD company called My True Ten, and last year is when I began my journey with CBD because, as I mentioned. For me, as I'm sure for most people, 2020 was really difficult dealing with all aspects of life during the pandemic. And my CBD company has helped me so much in so many ways. And I know that our gummies for others, it can have the same effect. So they're different. Uh, Ours are water soluble and effective in a short amount of time so just check them out it's very affordable it's just ten dollars for a bag of 10 milligram cbd gummies you could check them out at mytrue10.com that's mytrue10.com and it's really exciting to be a business owner now i am co-owner of this company and i would love nothing more than to be able to help people and simultaneously help my family as well and grow a business so that I could be more diversified. You know, I've tried in the past. It's hard. Yeah. I've done a couple of fashion things like everybody did. Like a, back in the early aughts, every celebrity or influencer had a fashion line. Oh, yeah. And that that phase came and went. Now, more recently, like you're not an influencer, you're not a celebrity unless you have a makeup line. Everybody has their makeup line or in the past, it used to be their fragrance and all of that. Mm, yeah. Um, so I've tried some things. I even had a liquor for a while and that never really took off. It's still around, it's doing okay, but it wasn't like, oh, we're gonna be bought out by a large company and I'm gonna make huge amounts of money. Um, but it's really important to diversify. Um, and I think that that's one of the great things about the lucky influencers that are big now. Yeah. The influencer world has existed for so long that the managers now know what to do. Whereas before yeah. the managers didn't really know what to do. It was also new. They know, the managers, that the shelf life of these influencers is not going to be that long. It's probably not even going to be four years. It's probably less than four years. Because they get old and then they get thrown away, right? They get replaced. Unless you're one of the few that is able to break out and uh, be talked about by the mainstream. Because if you're a TikToker or a YouTuber or an Instagrammer with millions of followers... But nobody outside that platform has any idea who you are, yeah. you're not going to sustain success. 
You need yeah. to have cross-platform success and off-platform success. Yeah. And, and you also need to invest in companies to create your own company, to diversify your income stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Actually, that's really good. I think advice. that's like, and we can take that into account as well for us with what we're trying to do. Also, so that's actually really helpful. And I think advice, it's like so as you. getting many tentacle arms as you as you can out, so that you're not like a one hit wonder on TikTok, or like so that you can branch out and do more and and like take it to heart and treat it like a business. That's something that Lexi and I have talked about is treating it more than just like a hobby. Like it can become a bit like, look at you. You didn't, you, you began blogging as a hobby and then it became your life. But it's definitely a challenge when you're not a business person. Mm. Uh, You know, I went to school for acting. I studied drama at NYU and now all of a sudden I'm a business person. Um, One of the best pieces of advice, don't put your own money into your business, get other people to do that, <laughs> get <Smart>. funding. <laughs> Smart. And I got to say, I, I like the Madonna shirt. Is it a little shade to Lady Gaga, your famous friend of me? No, I just have over a hundred Madonna t-shirts. This is just the one that I put on today. That's just, hey, that just got asked, got asked. Well, thank you for coming on today. It was, I, I actually really enjoyed talking to you. I think that there's more this to, a pleasure, yeah. there's more to people than like the internet sees. Like I watched you on Worst Cooks oh, and I like, I love seeing more than just, you know, people talking crap on blogs. I think it's fun to see like face to face. I think that like your YouTube and your podcast is like your blog to the next level and you're so entertaining and we are lifelong fans. Oh, appreciate it. And keep up the hard work. Uh, It's really all about the work, you know, like you might be able to luck your way into success because of social media, Mm -hmm. but you will not sustain success without an incredible work ethic. So put in the work and you will get the results. Thank you. All right. Well, have a great day. You too. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. That was really awesome. I'm so glad we got to have him on. I'm like, I'm a little starstruck. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. I'm a little starstruck. No, but thanks, Perez, so much for coming on. We had a blast. It was um, fabulous. If you want to check us out and see more of us, you can follow us on Instagram at the Rumor Mill Pod. You can follow us on Twitter at TRM Updates. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Rumor Mill. Don't forget to throw us a like and a comment. Subscribe every week to see our video podcast. Or you can listen wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Music, Spotify, iHeart. And then don't forget to check out Perez. You can always check out his blog, check out his socials. Don't forget to check out his CBD. And yes, uh, I know I'm buying a bag. (laughs) You're buying a bag. (laughs) No, I've never tried CBD. I'm like, if I'm going to try anyone's CBD. CBD is the bomb.com. I love CBD. We should, we should do like a Perez Hilton, like CBD taste test. Oh my God. Well, we can't really taste test a bunch of them all at once, but we could take one. (laughs) Well, you don't know. It could be fun. Oh my God. Thanks so much for tuning in, you guys. We have new episodes every Friday, so we will see you next week. See you next week.